I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking about Batman Adventures, issue 23, that came out July 1994. And an environmental activist has been poisoned. You know what they say, you always fight poison with a different, stronger kind of poison. That's right. It's a poison ivy issue. That's what I always say. Jason, what do you think of the issue? I, I really liked it. I guess my only like small complaint was that it was a bit too quick, but... After I thought about it for a minute. Yeah. Like they were like packing in a lot of story in a lot of places where it was just like, oh, here's just a lore dump. And it was like, oh, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but other than that, I thought it was like, you know, it it was just a really, uh, it's a good issue. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't among like the worst, but it was just like, oh, this is just like a really solid, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I had slightly higher hopes just because. I think I always have just high hopes with Poison Ivy, but like, yeah, I don't know. It was still good. We'll get into it. But yeah. first. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. First. Ooh. But first. Mm. Night 10 continues in Catwoman 12 by Chuck Dixon and Jim Ballant. Batman 510 by Doug Munch and Mike Manley. Batman Shadow of the Bat 30 by Alan Grant and Brett Blevins. Detective Comics 677 by Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan. And finally, ending Night's End with Batman Legends of the Dark Knight 63 by Denny O'Neill and Barry Kitson. Both Jean-Paul Valley and Bruce Wayne are Batman in these issues. So just for clarity and also for my own sanity, I'm just going to refer to Jean-Paul Valley as Azrael and Bruce Wayne as Batman, even though they're both technically Batman at this point. This is a long one, Jason. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if it, has to be i mean it's like sure a lot of stories but i don't i don't know like how much like it's a lot of uh, combat in this in these five issues yeah yeah so at any rate at any rate i've written a long thing for these five issues and all the story kind of goes together there's no separation of bruce's story and asriel's story like there was in the previous pod so I guess strap in as I try to make sense of this. Uh, click, 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 click. My, my, my tray table is up <laughs> and I'm, I'm settled in. Do I have time to get a, a hot cocoa? You do not. I just... We continue with okay. night's end. Batman is back, baby. Unfortunately, it's a Catwoman issue. So we're dropped into a warehouse fight between her and some other guys. And I'll be honest, she has a giant Iron Man arm and I'm not exactly sure what's going on here. But the important thing is, She's going after Selkirk, who's there. Catwoman is subdued in the parking garage of the hotel by a second Iron Man who shows up and then is never seen again. Asriel is going after Selkirk, assuming that he will lead him to Leha. Leha is the creator of the brainwashing system that's implanted into Asriel. Catwoman breaks free of Selkirk minutes after being detained. Asriel busts into the parking garage after going after Selkirk. With Catwoman on the loose and Asriel wreathed in flame in the parking garage, it looks like Selkirk is going to have to get the heck out of there. He heads to the roof and to the helipad there. Catwoman is waiting. Everyone is fighting. Asriel catches up. Selkirk tells Asriel that Leha is long dead. But Asriel notices that Selkirk's second in command is one of the three murderers who killed his father. 
Jason, did you know about any of that stuff, by the way? The three murderers who killed his father? Uh, I, I feel like I feel like vaguely or like maybe I should have known, but like, you know, my, my brain like felt- have half shuts off like if if like an Azrael like backstory uh pages went on for more than like two pages my half my brain shut off like a dolphin sleeping you know that's how dolphins sleep right Right, like it's like have half their brain like that i just i'm like yep still finishing the comic book and i just figured i missed it but Uh, i don't i don't know no i because i've painstakingly gone over every single panel and slice of of these bat books and it's been yeah. issue after we we've read so much fucking batman at this point years of batman and like yeah and your and i don't your know approach I mean, to it has been like like a, like a classic grad student like pouring over like original oh, texts yeah. and making notations get, and oh shit. we're gonna we're gonna get in the weeds when zero hour hits next pod but anyway oh boy i i was like wait three other murderers and then i, I started like kind of like going into previous issues and i was like nobody ever mentioned this like this seems like a pretty important point and no one talks about it but whatever it's fine it's fine i was gonna say chalk it up to like how much like clearly every single writer on these bad books just hates john paul valley <laughs> they're just like yeah fine whatever we Gotta give them reason. Up? i it's, don't know who cares it doesn't matter yeah, just, we're, we're getting them out of here all right that's, yeah, that, that's yeah, all yeah. that matters like selkirk tells Azrael that leha is long dead but then Asriel notices that Selkirk's second-in-command is one of the three murderers who killed his father. Asriel tries to kill him, but Batman, Nightwing, and Robin show up. They came to settle this. Batman tries to reason with him. Robin remembers that he tried to reason with Asriel and was choked and hoped that doesn't awaken anything in him. <laughs> Asriel decides to listen to the phantoms of previous Asriel and St. Dumas. St. Dumas, clad in medieval armor, is all like, yo, light this fool up. Everyone is fighting. Selkirk is all like, what a wacky and weird time to be a gun runner. We should kill Catwoman. His gun, his goons start shooting. Catwoman, Nightwing, and Robin take on Selkirk and his goons. Selkirk manages to have enough goons between Catwoman, Nightwing, and Robin to make it all the way to the helipad. Catwoman whips her way up to the helicopter, but like, totally didn't think it through as she's now being flung around by the helicopter. Meanwhile, Batman and Asriel are fighting on the roof, which is now on fire. Selkirk starts blasting Batman and Asriel with a heavy machine gun from the chopper. Catwoman manages to get to the helicopter and disarm him. Batman fires Asriel's line in the gauntlets at the helicopter, taking it down and tying them to the falling chopper. The helicopter crashes on top of a a support of a suspension bridge. Catwoman gets hit in the head by debris. Batman throws a line and saves her. Asriel says, this is, this is his weakness, how much he cares about people. Nightwing and Robin get to the bridge somehow and then try to get people to safety. The helicopter is leaking fuel. Batman and Asriel are fighting in the rain of the sprayed fuel. Asriel lights up the blowtorch of his gauntlet and sets himself on fire. He plunges to the water below. Batman and Catwoman get to the destroyed helicopter. Batman saves the people while Catwoman tries to steal the MacGuffin that she wants, but Selkirk throws it off the bridge to the water. The helicopter explodes. Batman saves everyone. He hops into the Batmobile that Asriel arrived in. The Batmobile explodes. Asriel grapples back up to the bridge where Robin and Nightwing are. After being set on fire and falling into the river, 
His armor is now red and gold and gray. He claims victory. He's Jason. He set himself on fire and then he's like, I won. <laughs> he's Well, yeah, that's that's how you win. That's how that's I that's how, how, that's how it that's how I won every debate when I was in a debate club in high school. I would just set myself on fire and like they just couldn't, you know, you, you I mean, can't fight against self-immolation. There's no debate after that. No, the no, debate's canceled at least at minimum. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's a great strategy. Uh, he claims <laughs> yeah, victory. You're winded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Asriel claims victory. He's the one true Batman. Nightwing loses his cool, yelling, you killed him. You killed Batman and fights Azrael for basically like a whole issue, mostly on a casino boat. Nightwing hits Azrael with a banjo. Batman emerges from the flames great. on the bridge. He apparently didn't die, explaining in a way that he just jumped out of the car before the explosion and no one saw it. Yeah, that was a real uh, that was a real uh, Palpatine's back somehow. <laughs> right, you know? right, right, right. I'm like, oh, like, they no, didn't. Don't worry. They didn't know how to save Batman, and then they just put him back. And he's like, oh, I just got away. And you're like, all right, yeah, I guess we're <laughs> doing this. Yep. Azrael gets run off by local cops shooting at him on the casino boat. He fails to kill Nightwing. He heads back to the cave. Azrael emerges from the cave into the Wayne home, only to find Batman waiting for him, just like Bane was waiting for Bruce in the beginning of all of this. They talk. And then they fight their way into the Batcave. Batman is mostly trying to reason with him and help him. Azrael feels like if he isn't Batman, then he's nothing. Batman retreats into a small crevasse in the cave. Azrael tries to follow him and removes his armor to give chase as it's too big for that small space. He keeps his helmet, his night vision active. Batman removes a cover of this small part of the cave, flooding the cave with light. Azrael is blinded, removes the helmet. And finally, he is just John Paul again, finally seeing reason. Bruce is the one true Batman. Bruce walks him off the grounds and wishes him well. That was Night's End, Jason. Yeah. What'd you think of Night's End? I'm uh, happy it's over. But do you know, uh, you, you know, the phrase a hat on a hat, right? Like yeah. When, when something something's just like unnecessary, like why, why why'd you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What? This is like oops all hats, you know. <laughs> okay, like, explain just, yourself. Like, just at where, are every the, point, where, where are the hats? Where are the hats? <laughs> well, I mean, like from from the jump, it was like warehouse fight, some weird fucking MacGuffin with Catwoman, a uh, bunch of guns, guns firing, helicopter, uh, special gun on helicopter, fight while hanging from helicopter, helicopter <laughs> crash on bridge, fire on bridge. Fight on suspension cables on bridge and then falling from bridge, coming back up from bridge, fighting in boat. <laughs> oh, car explosion, like all of that within like and, and this in, in like their real world time would have been like what, like two hours, maybe, like maybe. Yeah. 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 Like it's just it's it's literally everything. It's like this, like the last half of uh, Night's End is like. Like those old, like the, like the cliche drawing of a nineties, uh, comic book character with way too many pouches and guns and scars and just fighting nonstop. You you know what it reminded me of is I'm not the biggest fan of this show, but in family guy, when like 
Peter Griffin fights the chicken for like a whole episode yes. and it goes on yeah. way too long. It yeah. felt like yeah. that. But I I really loved the ending of of uh Night's End is like burned into my brain of like Azrael trying to get into like the small little opening and he's like shrugging off his armor before he like takes off his helmet and becomes John Paul again. And I think yeah. that they always wanted to end there. But the problem with that is that it's not a quote unquote superhero ending. It's not like a we're fist yeah. fighting in the street kind of thing. It's not exciting. It's it's impactful because it's the part I remembered like, you know, 15 years later from the last time I read it. But it's not flashy. And so I think a lot of fans probably wanted to see Bruce Wayne kick Asriel's ass, you know, like like really like yeah. do a beat down. And so they were like, okay, yeah. we'll do all the beat down over here and then we'll get to the real ending that we want to do over here. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess the fundamental problem that I have with it uh, other than the like too much action. Cause it's also like the thing about like all, all the fights, like mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's like when you have a, a, a song with no buildup, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I do love grindcore, and I do love a song that's only 60 seconds long and just like, blasted in and out but this isn't like a two-page ish you know right. story this is like so this is just like a grindcore song that goes on for 10 minutes it's like okay that's that's a little much you i know? mean thankfully um, it it read quickly yeah yeah it did i flew through these issues pretty fast and the, yeah. the thing about we were talking about in the previous pod where Bruce Wayne's trying to hone his skills and he's becoming like a ninja master and, and Shiva is sending all these assassins after him through like convoluted means. Yeah. That stuff was all action and it felt interesting and engaging. And this stuff was all action and it felt like it just kind of fell flat. And I feel like there was in the, in the previous five issues of the ninjas there was like a goal happening. Like Bruce was trying yeah. to get to a place and Bruce had tension between like, Oh, I'm trying not to kill, but these people are trying to kill me. And I don't know if I'm up to this and blah, blah. Like he was like juggling all these things. And then it was multiple ninjas that are all different in different environments, you know? So it was yeah. like you, it, it kept like a decent pace. And then yeah, you had, yeah. and then it was broken up by a couple of other things going on, like Nightwing and Robin hanging out and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There was a B plot to like to to support it, right, so you didn't have to right. stick with the fight the whole time. Right. And then know? this was just one long grudge fest. The only time it really yeah. broke up was Nightwing went after him in the in the riverboat casino. <laughs> which yeah, was I think kind of absurd. It it was, but I think I think the thing like my my whole like uh my whole core issue with the whole nightfall night quest night's end storylines are the the two main sort of villains in it are Bane and Azrael, right? Right. And I, I at least know enough about like the DC universe as like, you know, a lifelong nerd sure. that these two characters, Bane and Azrael, like were pretty new to the Bat books. And then all yeah. of a sudden they're supposed to be like Batman's greatest nemesis ever. And it's just like, no, no, they're like, they're not like that to me. Like, well, like everything's like so hollow about it. Like, sure. It's great that like, like I did enjoy that the ending was like Batman was trying to be 
as like peaceful as possible. Like that was an interesting thing to do. That sure. was an interesting yeah, choice. Yeah. But to me, it would have been more impactful if like, you know, uh, Azrael or whoever would have been in that position that would have like gone too far would have been like Dick Grayson, you know, would have been like a much more personal thing to him or like yeah. somebody, some other character that we knew like had a history with beforehand instead of like this person that just shows up and then yeah. like, okay, like I, I have like, I have six months with him and now like Bruce Wayne trusts him with his life. And it's like, yeah, all right, man, f fine. Like, sure. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not like, yeah. cause it's like, why, like, it's why like the two face stories, you know, like we talked about in the last pod, uh, are so emotionally impactful because like, you know, Bruce is always trying to save Harvey Dent because he, he's looking at he, like he loves him as a friend and he's also looking yeah. at it as a way of saving himself. And it's really impactful because, you know, how much Bruce cares for Harvey Dent. But mm -hmm. like, you know, with with Azriel, it feels like Bruce just cares about saving him in the same way that he felt about saving gun runners. He's just like, well, yeah, life's a life like I got to right, save right. The, the life if I if I can do it. You so, know? so with that thought in, in your brain. What did you think of the ending when Bruce was like, like John Paul basically gave verbally gave over the mantle of the bat and then yeah. bruce was like welp see you later patted him on the ass and like let him go yeah exactly it, it was it, it felt again it felt kind of it felt kind of hollow you know because it was just I like that i thought that moment was so weird because like the whole reason he's there is because because he's killing people and like yeah and like bruce is like i don't know you're i kind of like you so i guess see you later I'm not gonna take you in you know it's like oh well, what are well, we yeah. doing well, <laughs> well because because you want him to have uh because they know he's gonna have his own book and so right. you have to make the character likable and redeemable because you can't have you can't begin the Azrael ongoing series with okay. um him spending a year in prison this is the this is the crux of like i think the ultimate weakness of the entirety of this thing is that they kept trying to make Asriel on the one hand dangerous and then on the other hand likable. And it's yeah. like when in these issues, he's like running up to Selkirk's and he's driving the Batmobile and it's just creating nonstop car accidents in its wake because like yeah. Asriel don't, don't give a fuck. And I'm like, where was this guy? I want I want to read these books of Asriel not giving a fuck. You know, like, yeah, it took yeah, us yeah. forever to get here. And then we're here right before he leaves. And I'm like, I, I really wanted like Asriel more. I don't know, more off the rails, more un unhithered from like the the bat mantle. You know what I mean? Untethered yeah. from it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, exactly. And like, again, like, that's why it's just so like. It just hits so soft. And then even like, you know, Nightwing showing up on at the end felt really tacked on. And oh, like, man. So, you know, like, that whole arc. Okay. And Tim I Drake a, I, just is just such a whiny bitch. This oh, entire Tim, fucking Tim run. Drake. Yeah. OK. Like, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that Nightwing and Robin have to be there working with Batman because the whole story is built around like in the beginning when he's running like Bane's gauntlet of villains after Bane broke Arkham out in the beginning of uh what is it Nightfall? Yeah, yeah. Batman is distancing himself from Robin and Nightwing and all that stuff. He's trying to do everything himself. 
So I think that what they were trying to do is like Batman's back and he's brought all his friends, you know, like he's he's <laughs> yeah. learned his from his mistakes. He's yeah. he's creating the Bat family. He's not shouldering all this alone. But then he proceeds to shoulder all of it alone as like yeah. Robin yeah. and Nightwing fuck off doing something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, it's it's something I have to do. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it. It again, I, it just it just seemed like the creative team on this just wanted to get it over with. They're just like, yeah, well, I, I'm there felt like there was a, a rush to end Azrael's story here because he wasn't he he wasn't an interesting character. It was all, all he was were like crutches that you put into a character. When, okay, OK, like you're writing your first short story. You know, I, I'd fight I'd fight that a little. I'd push back a little on that. Like I am interested in Azrael. However. If I pick up a Batman book and Asriel's in it, am I excited? Absolutely not. How, but I am. I, there's enough going on with Asriel where, like, I kind of like watching Phantoms dunk on him. I kind of like him just being like an idiot, you know. You, you, <laughs> but like, you like him as a, a punching tough, bag, a tough idiot. Like, I, I yeah, I do want to see like, I don't know where he goes from here, and then the. the I didn't read Lake of Fire, but the Punisher crossover between Asriel oh, yeah. and Punisher. I, but like, I don't know if I, I, I really hope I really hope that there's like some so a little bit in there of like Punisher being a fucking psychopath and Asriel being like, whoa, 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 tone it down a little, buddy. You know, <laughs> like like I, Asriel, I feel like as a character can exist in some really interesting places. However, yeah. I don't think that him replacing Batman was enough of an interesting place for him. Like they didn't go for it enough. It felt like. I yeah. And, and it, and it still felt like the whole like order of St. Dumas thing was just not like, it just didn't feel threatening, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just tacked on afterthought him just yelling at ghosts. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause like Joker feels threatening because, you know, he's killed oh, before and, and he know and you know how casually he treats like murder and like all his like insane traps and all this shit. And so like, there's like a threat to it. And then like, you know, that like, I don't know, like Jean Paul Valley's only threatening because what, maybe he'll kick the shit out of you a little bit more. Like, yeah. Maybe he'll take I mean? it too far. Maybe. Yeah. And like, and then the only interesting thing about, and then the conflict though is, I, I think I talked about it last episode, but the conflict though is also, um, you know, it's external. It's not an internal moral conflict that he has right, right. because the internal moral conflict is either blamed on the system or whatever hallucination he's seeing. So like, that's where his moral conflict is. The moral conflict isn't Bruce Wayne trying to decide like, you know, whether to save a life or like go after the villain or something like that or right, like whatever, right. you know, like cho choices you make like that. It's like it can just I, I think that's why the, the punch doesn't land as as well, because it's like, oh, well, you can just blame it on the system. Right. You know, like Azrael walks away and Bruce Wayne doesn't uh, bring him to jail, even though he says that he should. But because because of the system, you know, because of your brainwashing. And it's yeah. like, yeah, OK, fine. It was like. You know, it wasn't my fault. God made me do it. Like I was possessed by a ghost and that's why, honey, yeah. I was possessed by a ghost and that's why I cheated on you. It's not my <laughs> fault. The ghost made me do it. And oh shit. Well, I guess, I guess everything's fine then. I guess like, everything's fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was wondering in that moment too, where Bruce let him go, if Bruce felt, I don't know, somehow responsible 
for Asriel. Like, he's like, oh, well, I put you in this situation that led you to killing somebody. And like, I probably shouldn't have done that. So I'm not going to take you in. But at the same time, it's like, he's like, well, I'm not going to take you in. So I feel a little responsible, but not responsible enough that like, we're going to hash this out. Like, you just get out of here, you scamp. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, exa- okay, what exactly. are we doing, Bruce? You're either in or you're not, you know? Yeah, ex- exactly. And like, y- you know, and and I think like there's a way to like, uh, you know, I know, I know I say it a lot on the show, but it's like, okay, like meeting the book where it is and trying to imagine myself as like a writer on Batman sure. being like, okay, like other than like, you know, little kid me being like, holy shit, I'm writing Batman. I'm like, okay, I have to think about like, what are the parameters here? How can I, you know, write this, like this story? It's like, well, I can't really have a lot of like heavy, like, you know, Hegelian or like, you know, uh, Emmanuel Kant, like philosophical, ethical talks. Cause it's still sure. supposed to be a, you know, a fun uh, a book about a guy hitting muggers, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, so like I can like, so I'm going to have to disguise that if I want to do those kinds of things. So it's like, yeah, right. okay, fine. I, you don't want to go too off the rails with like, you know, the morals of the choices right. Bruce Wayne makes or something. But like, it's still like, man, if you want it to, if you want it to hit right though, like uh, how to put it, it's like, it's always, it's always more satisfying when, when you feel like there was an actual fight to it, when you feel like there was an actual right. tension there, yeah. you know? And so like, I, I think I go back to like, maybe if whoever replaced Batman was more personally close to him, you know, just right. Dick Grayson as an example, who then like went off the rails because of, and you could make up whatever reason, blame, yeah. the, you know, he got poisoned or the, some Fear brainwashing, gas, controlled whatever. by poison ivy, Mad Hatter, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 it's but it's Dick Grayson now, and it's like, oh shit, this is like my son, and like, how do I deal with this? And I right, don't even right. like raising my voice to him, and now I'm like having to hit him, and I have to figure out this way, and this is like really taking a toll on me. Right. No, like you said, it's just like ah, get out of here, you little scamp. And it's like you you couldn't have done that <laughs> if it was a character that was much more person meant personally much more to the character of bruce wayne than like this kind of like at arm's length character like oh i made a mistake and that was my mistake and that's my responsibility but now get out get you know what it's not it's more my fault for putting you in this position than it is (laughs) like no no dude like it's still it's still that person's fault like it's like yeah. you know what I sh- I I knew I shouldn't I shouldn't have hired you to guard this bank you uh, you know I know you robbed it but I I hired you so it's more so my it's, fault it's, that you it's robbed half the bank like, yeah 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 uh, yeah it's like <laughs> no it doesn't extend that far like but I'm yeah I'm just ha- I'm I'm just happy it's over not that it was like a slog to get through because like it was there were t- some bright spots the, there were some bright yeah, spots and and taking the whole thing itself all three of the arcs and as we've as you mentioned before i i still think it's such a great point about the whole like all three arcs is that like this is when they're trying to figure out these more complicated stories and how to write yeah. them and how to deal with them and so like this is just like sort of like the first major attempt to do that and then like the other other subsequent stories are probably going to be a bit i'm I'm sure yeah uh better and like but there I'm are sure some editorial super editorial and the writing staff learned a lot of lessons from this one yeah like they, yeah. they'll they'll come around on no man's land and and uh kind of put it put it together a little better yeah yeah it's like it's like the first two seasons of like a tv show like they always right. talk about it. it's like you got you got to give the writers like 
at least a couple or three seasons to kind of, you know, get into like what, you know, what the, how the characters are going to be. And so like, right. They're like, okay, trying to figure out how to do these big, complicated, like operatic, you know, crossover story event things. Right. I, I also feel like, I don't know if this is true, but just the vibe that I got was that Warner brothers was not ready to let go of Bruce Wayne. And so that kind of muddled things up yeah. in, in during night's quest. And then they were also, uh, I think editorial was not counting on the negative response to Asriel, like how negative it was. So yeah. they were like, Oh shit, we got to plan around this, you know, like we got to figure out how to make this into something that the regular bat fans want. And mm-hmm. I think that trying to plan that on the fly is really difficult. Yeah. So I, you know, I cut, I cut the whole thing a little bit of slack and, and that last moment where John Paul Valley's tearing up the bat cave, looking for Batman as like Batman disappears into the darkness of the crevice. And he has to like take off his armor to get him. That stuff is like etched into my brain, like with a chisel, like, <laughs> That moment kind of solidifies what Batman is for me. I know a lot of people, especially if you like Jason and I don't, I don't endorse this, but if you go on Reddit under the R Batman stuff, everyone's (laughs) like grim, dark Batman, let's go. Like he's got a gun in the justice league movie. That's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause to me, Batman is like, equal parts like gonna kick your ass but like also extremely compassionate for the people that are around him and for like life in general and and i i got i got that a little bit he was like i don't have to i don't have to punch asriel to death like he's like i don't have to do that what i have to do is get him to just come around to this idea and like the best way for me to do that is to do it this way with the with you know blinding him with light and having him take off his armor and and so that that stuff is like i'm like oh perfect chef kiss it's like five issues like probably 120 ish pages and there's like 15 that i was like perfect excellent 15 pages done yeah (laughs) well it it i do i do commend them i do commend them a lot of like of uh of that being the ending because that was it's a gutsy ending yeah 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 especially after four or five pit which which i imagine that like a lot of the fighting was cranked up to like sort of give like a better contrast to the more peaceful ending and the whole like you know symbology of like Azrael shedding the you know the bat suit and no longer being right like literally like yeah the cocoon rebirth whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah yeah you know, but, 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 you no, know, but, but you're right. But like, but yeah, but no, that, that was, that was a really interesting choice and like, and brave too, especially at the time of like, no, like we're, we're going to do it this way. And I do agree with you that like, that, that is something that I do enjoy about the character itself is that like, no, he's so strict about everything, even his morals of like, it is never okay yeah, to do right. certain things like F, ever, 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 you know, it's very, Right. It's very Cantonian. It's very I, I it's and, sounding like I'm sounding more learned than I am, but it is a very categorical imperative. Like, no, there's a hard line between 
right. my right and wrong, and I will and never waver. I think that one of the things that evolved with Batman, it's like it started from this place of, oh, Batman doesn't kill. Well, it didn't really start there. He had guns when he was made in the in 1939. But uh, yeah, it evolved into like Batman doesn't kill as like a thing of compassion. And then I think that as the idea of compassion and what that means changed in America from the, you know, late for or early 40s to like now, I feel like Batman has like morphed and changed with that. Or he should if he if he hasn't, yeah. he should, you know. And yeah. so it's like, oh, you can save a life out there by like grappling in and like swinging somebody out of trouble. But you can equally save a life by just being like, hey, man kind of fucked up huh like you turned around with this system bullshit why don't we why don't we take off the bat stuff and like calm down have a cup of coffee like just talk yeah. it out you know yeah I've, yeah I've made some i've made some uh some small sandwiches yes. okay little little crudite <laughs> plate they're not so as good as alfred's chill. i'm gonna be i'm gonna straight up they're not as good as alfred's in fact but you, you can barely call them sandwiches However, yeah, they are you know here. <laughs> and, and and you know what? It's important to try things that scare you, even the little things that scare you. Like I was terrified making that. You wouldn't believe that. I was terrified making this. Not terrified facing down like, you know, world conquering aliens. Like I've kicked Darkseid in the nuts before, but for some reason, I'm just, you know, but I did it. And so, Jean-Paul, it's just very important. You got to confront whatever confront demon the demon. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to confront, you know. We're not yeah, talking no, about no, the you're... literal demon. We're not talking about race. We're talking about confronting our inner yeah. demons. Or, or, <laughs> and we're, we're not talking about Etrigan. We're actually cool with that guy. He rhymes. <laughs> it's very cool. fun. Yeah. That guy's yeah, dope the, as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Etrigan, Etrigan fucking cracks me up, man. Cracks <laughs> me right up, you know. But yeah, you know, well, this is, let's, let's hash this out. Let's mm-hmm. yeah. Like a bit. Yeah. A bit more like progressive, like psychology from. But but like, again, it's like it's far more interesting. It's kind of like from the um, it's this isn't a direct quote, but I remember reading an interview with the legendary sci fi author uh, Ursula K. Le Guin. And uh, she was talking about how, like, in a lot of her stories, her main characters are like strict pacifists. And like she's she's not interested in like, you know, solutions that involve violence because she's just like that happens in the real world all the time anyway. She's like, why would I? She's like, that's not interesting to me. Like what, what what's an interesting thought exercise is how do you. What would it look like done a different way? You right. Know, she's like, there's pl- plenty of stories where like swords come out, bad guy gets run through a sword, everything's right. great. She's like, right. all right, fine, but like that, you know. I mean, it's um, the same thing. It's the same thing with Doctor Who. Like, he's a time lord from the future, and he's armed with a screwdriver. You know, <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's that like, you know, how do you write an engaging story that isn't just like ending up with somebody dead at the end? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, and I think they're, they're trying to, you know, they're, they're just on their, on their like little like fawn legs, like with this like story. Cause like, not like yeah. this, enti- this entire run of all these three arcs weren't like massively like nineties hyper violent. Cause they, they were, and probably will continue to be so. Cause yeah. that's just superhero comic books and it's especially like the, the era 90s, we're but in. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, it is interesting to see them make that choice to like, make that like oh wow yeah. that like oh i wonder whose you know. brainstorm that was like i wonder who was like this is how we're gonna end it because it the ending felt very purposeful whereas like th- everything else felt like we're gonna have them fight and 
write whatever you want as long as they end on on a, a helicopter on top of a bridge. As long as it ends there, like yeah. you can write whatever you want. I I firmly believe that it was mostly Denny O'Neill, and again, like I said last episode, like gauging, like you know, guessing at about what his age was at the time of like writing this, probably like in his fifties, I would imagine. Yeah, like in the whole like midlife crisis uh, yeah, simile right. I had, Ugh. but yeah. like. But I, I think it also like ties with that of like, how would a mature person, you know, right. handle this? It's like, okay, how if does, you're an adult, how does Batman be the adult in the room with this like rage monster of Asriel. Who's just like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to solve everything with punches. It's like, yeah, you yeah. sit down because, the child and you're like, you're like, okay. All right. Yeah. buddy. You know, Bruce Wayne treating like Jean-Paul Batman as, as, as like a child, like a child. If you're an adult and a child's throwing a tantrum, you don't respond by also throwing a tantrum yourself. It's not how you get the child to calm down, you know? Yeah. And so like, and, but I I think it very much is like the, the sort of thing that happens when people do have like a midlife crisis, which is ill-defined obviously, but like it's, you, you start to come to realize like, oh, wait a minute. I've been like, you know, for the past, like, you know, 20 years or something I've been reacting in this way and that's actually a very childish and destructive way to act. I have to start pulling right. back. Like if, and I think there's a lot of that. There was a lot of that too in the night's end of like Bruce Wayne being like, you know what, when I was a younger man, I would have just jumped right in and I could do that when I was younger, but I have to recognize I'm older now. Right. And I have right. To take when he was on the ledge, I, like trying to figure out if he's going to like, be able to jump off the building and grapple again that stuff yeah yeah, yeah like like bruce went like batman like true batman was still fighting he was right. still fighting but he was still like he's like okay well if we're gonna we're gonna throw fists i'll throw fists but like come on man like the whole time he's like right you know, so he's still defending himself but like an adult and so yeah like, he's yeah, he's I, bat bruce is like trying to talk him down basically this entire issue like yeah he's throwing yeah. fists because he has to throw fists and then he, when he doesn't have to anymore, he stops, you know? Uh, yeah, so it's a real, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting choice. It was a yeah. really interesting choice. I wonder, and it I wonder makes if me feel better this... about my theory, my midlife crisis theory, because it sounds all like highfalutin and like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I also wonder if like, because you're talking about midlife crisis stuff, and I know Denny O'Neill was writing the question at this point, and he was writing about uh, uh, Zen and stuff in the back of the question. Ooh, yeah. And yeah, I wonder yeah, if, oh yeah, that's right. He was a Buddhist, right? Yeah. I wonder if there's like a level of mindfulness that he was trying to communicate in Azrael versus Batman that like was was I don't know, something he was just thinking about while he was writing it, you know? You know, yeah, now that you point that out, I mean that is that is a lot of a um a, a lot of Buddhist teachings are around uh sort of like allowing things to happen, but then like right. Be, like, yeah, like you said, the mindfulness and then being mindful of your reaction to the things that are happening. Like, going right, like exactly. oh, oh, this is what's going on right like, now. Like, Asriel's coming at me. Do I need to come at him? Not really. Yeah. Like, how yeah. do we, how do we, how do we mindfully just take him down a notch? You know, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the, the way you should, you should approach things is like, not necessarily immediately react to it, which I think is like sure. people's like. You know, so it's always your knee jerk reaction and it's always the reaction that you that in popular stories you think that like that the hero takes, you know, it's like, right, oh, the person like, who just jumps like, runs in. into the burning yeah, building. Yeah, right, and, right, right. Jason, I think we've spent long enough on 
Yeah. Asriel and his antics. I'm looking forward to getting Batman back to Bruce Wayne. However, that is not going to happen <laughs> next pod. It's going to get weird before it gets better because uh. we're going to do the annual, the Batman Adventures annual, and we're going to okay. highlight our favorite parts of uh, Nightfall Night's Quest Night End, just kind of recap a lot of stuff. And then after that, we get back into mainline continuity and it's zero hour, baby. It's, oh boy. It's 30 issues, Jason. It's 30 issues. Oh. I, it's madness. It's like, I don't know what DC was thinking. I'm going to try to untangle zero hour a little bit. Every single mainline bat book is wrapped up in it. And it's all like one tenth of the story. So I imagine it's going to be a little bit of a shit show. We get yeah. we get Bruce back and we don't even get a chance to breathe before we're in another event that's going to happen for one month. And then finally, we're back to regular Batman. Oh, God. Let's get back into Batman with a, with a real real good Batman book on the shelf which is uh, Batman Adventures issue 23 written by Kelly Puckett pencil by Mike Parlbeck, ink by Rick Burchett colored by Rick Taylor, letter by Richard Starkings of Comic Craft, edited by Scott Peterson with an assist from Darren Vincenzo Jason I my setup for that issue was weird, I don't know you don't win them all, is what I'm saying no, no, I just, no, I was laughing I was laughing because I was just like imagining uh, challenging you if you could if you could say that like a micro machines man fast <laughs> you know because it's been because it's been the same creative team for like for pretty, a while. pretty long at this, yeah, at, yeah, at this yeah. point so like you know just like how quickly you can just be like and then, and then like <laughs> forensically slow down the audio to like hear that you are actually pronouncing the I'm, names. I'm sure that by the time we get to the end of this if Shannon's like Hey, who's the creative team on Batman Adventures? And I'll be like, I just rattle it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just that you know the, the the prayer you've been saying for so long, the incantation. <laughs> right, right. Uh, with that incantation, we bring up Batman Adventures issue twenty three. The cover has Batman in front of a you know a bunch of overgrowth in the background with poison ivy draped all over him. By the way. Never got John Paul Valley versus Poison Ivy in all in all of his antics. Like I because he is so now we're talking about Azrael again. I'm sorry. I apologize. But he is so like impotent. Yeah, I, I feel like Catwoman highlighted that and like teed it up for like a really amazing Poison Ivy arc with him. And we just yeah, never got it. Well, also, like you like you pointed out in the uh, mainline bat books, though, like you know, it, it seems like the they hadn't really like Poison Ivy up to that point had been pretty one dimensional. And then like the animated right. series actually gave right. her far, far more complexity and turned her into the character that we know her now that have, has right. all, have all these like great, charming like aspects to it. Rather, other than just like uh, femme fatale that uh, manipulates men and is an environmentalist plants. yeah uh, yeah is the worst villain ever which is an environmentalist according <laughs> to uh, dc uh all right so this is toxic shock act one strange bedfellows we have batman uh heading to gotham central station trying to be like grand central station kind of thing 
Batman throws his whole body through a plate glass window <laughs> trying to chase Beautiful. a couple of goons. Uh, tackles yeah. one. The guy's, the guy's saying no, and you can tell he's saying no in Spanish because there's an upside down exclamation point and a right yeah. side up exclamation point. Yeah, and he enjoyed that. He's yelling for his other buddy, uh, Manuel. Uh, Batman throws the Batarang in a beautiful shot drawn by uh, Mike Parabek. He throws the Batarang. Batarang's coming at you. And it weaves between like a train conductor looking at a, looking at a watch. Another guy's shocked in the background. It's between a woman and the lipstick she's about to apply. Like yeah. through, through the arms of a guy holding a newspaper before it like ricochets on a wall and a man carrying a box and eventually hits the, the guy Manuel who's trying to get away in the back of the head. And then Batman's yeah, like, I love, love that. Love that. That was, that was a total like Jackie Chan movie sort of, you know, oh, sort yeah. of thing to happen. You know, it's oh. like, yeah, man, like we're, we're, we're a cartoon. Let's do some cartoon shit. Like let's make so this good. fun. So like, good. Uh, we get to Batman. He's, he's apprehended the second guy and he's like the poison now. So the guy had a vial of poison on him and we get introduced uh, to basically set up the rest of the plot. We get a we get a big lore dump between commissioner and uh, this guy, Gabriel uh, Molinos. He's the head of the South American Economic Council and a countryman of the of the guy who was poisoned. Yeah, I like I like how they kept it vague. They're just like somewhere in South America. And he is a countryman of this guy from some country in South America. We right, really right. don't want to uh, offend anybody. We just okay. These we'll just make them South American, and they speak Spanish. This is about this is as far as we're willing to he's, go because he's wearing a we sash. don't want to be offensive. Yeah, I want to sash. I was just gonna. Say, I want a sash. Damn it! Why, why aren't <laughs> sashes more regular wear? Sashes and medals. You know what? You Come know on. what? We get if we get to uh, uh, twenty five concurrent listeners to the pod every single every single month. If we do that four or five times in a row, I'll get you a sash. Oh, fuck yes. I want that <laughs> sash. God damn it, I want that sash. I'm, I'm going to turn into the most annoying social media marketing person now to try to get that sash. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. We have, uh, we have a, a guy who's been poisoned, and commissioner's like, the doctors are doing everything they can. Uh, and the guy's like, uh, the the South American economics guy is like for years Diego Rivera has championed the cause of preserving nature preserving life who could poison such a man and you know uh, he's like oh we're figuring Commissioner Gordon's like we're figuring it out and then Batman comes out of the shadows and he's like yo that's crazy here's here's the poison I picked up I, I, I love I love whenever they have Batman whenever whenever any artist draws Batman as like sort of like slinking out of a shadow of yeah. like how cre- when they accentuate like how creepy he can be you know right, just, right. i just love that little he's like whoop i'm right here you know yeah. like <laughs> it's it's just it's it, it's it's just great it never like ceases to just you know just it, it almost looks like he has like a mr burns like hump you yeah. know yeah it's like yes i have the poison we will get the antidote uh, so batman's basically like this poison's like the real deal uh, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing anybody else can do except for one person. And commissioner Gordon's like, who's that? And he's like, she's in Arkham. And we cut over to Pamela Isley in Arkham with a guard that is giving her a plant 
And he's like, here it is. Just just like you asked. Have I done good? And she's like, very good. Uh, so good, in fact, you deserve another kiss. And the guy's like, you know, clearly under her influence, under her thrall. Uh, yeah. And you turn the page and you just Batman's lips being like, no, thanks. And she's like, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that guy's, was a great. Batman's a like, great setup and a great punchline. Yeah. Batman's like, you get out of here, you scamp. No, no kisses for you. And the guy's like, oh, you've been, thanks, po- you've been, thanks, you've been sir. Po- yeah, he says, you've been poisoned. Go to the infirmary. Yeah. You know, which I just I just like how casual it's like, oh, you've been with this one. Well, <laughs> guess yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> guess, guess what? We're, you know, yeah. OK. So Batman makes his pitch to Poison Ivy, which is basically like, look, we got this situation. We need to make an antidote for this poison. We'll hook you up with like the best lab, all of the equipment, like everything you ever want to do. And one of the things that struck me at this point is that Poison Ivy seems a little powered down from like how she is nowadays. Nowadays, she's like one with the green like swamp thing is. Yeah. Yeah. She's like an elemental Right. She can, like and, sum, she can summon, she can like summon fucking vines and trees and shit. Yeah. And in this, she's more just like a scientist, uh, just a woman obsessed with poisons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like Scarecrow, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so that's his pitch. And she's like, how many guards are going to be on the place? He's like minimal guards. Only one. Guess who? So it's, it's Batman and Poison Ivy. Off to the races. You want to take us into act two? Yeah, and fighting poison with poison, which they walk into an indoor fucking jungle that has a yep. huge... Oh, oh, wait, also at the end of act one, he he did mention that, oh, she gets to wear her suit, too, oh, yeah. which I didn't know, like, was, like... A deal breaker? I just thought that, that was... Well, I mean, I just thought it was funny because very obviously, like, you know, Kelly Buck was like, hmm, I will get poison ivy into a suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just have Batman mention like, "Hey, I know you really like wearing that suit, you fucking freak." <laughs> like, that's another, that's another incentive. I know we're, we're we're two of a kind. We can smell our own. All right, it's all right. <laughs> they open up into an, an indoor jungle, and Poison Ivy tries to be like, you know, oh, I guess this is okay. It'll do. And uh, Batman shows her to the most high tech setup that can exist in the world because like, you know, sure. Bruce Wayne, little rich boy. And he's explaining the technology to her, to the computer. And it's like, uh, this can analyze and compare like, you know, the antidote and blah, 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 blah. And then like, once we find it, it'll give us like the breakdown of like all the parts that we need. And she's yeah. like, D- can you reverse that? And he's just very coldly. No. <laughs> she's like, like, can you take a cure and reverse she's it? Like, to- look, look, man. I'm here. I'm here to make poisons. Like, let's not dance yeah. around this. That's where my interests yeah, it's, lie. <laughs> it's in the name. I'm not lying to anybody. Yeah, right. Like, it's right there. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty blatant. She's disappointed by that, but gets shocked by who she's trying to save because he's an environmental activist. So of course she knows who he is, and right, you know, is very supportive of the work he does saving the rainforest and plants. And, you know, Batman's like, well, that's another incentive. And you see pretty quickly, you know, Poison Ivy be kind of bored at first while Batman's just like getting to work, which I really enjoy these scenes. I love I love Batman like crouched on like a stool 
Yeah, like, yeah. I just I just love the idea of like being dressed as Batman and and in a you know in the suit and doing serious scientific work. Right. Like, like so it's Batman in the full suit, full mask, cape and everything. Ivy in the full suit like and she's yes, yeah, sleeping and they're, just and they're of- just there like working. Like it's like if you went into an office with somebody dressed like Poison Ivy and Batman, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. They're just morning Fred, morning Ralph. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just that whole that whole bit. But Poison Poison Ivy finally starts to starts to get to work after you know she lays about and takes a nap after seeing Batman just sort of doing all the work, and he gives like a little smirk because he knows that she's really a scientist and is like just driven by the curiosity, right? Which yeah. Which was really, I mean, you know, it was really nice to see. Yeah, good. Uh, also, on a page of, like, absolutely wordless storytelling. Yeah, which, again, I mean, just, you know, Mike Perbeck of, like, you know, like, I know I know we mentioned it before, but I think it stands to mention again that, like, you know, this this entire book, like, this this series and these, this creative team, like, yeah, they should be talked about uh, in the same vein as, like, Bone and Yosagi Yojimbo of, like, just super good honest to God, all ages stories, because, you know, like they not only do they do really cool stuff like that, that especially at the time wasn't as like common in American comics, you Mm -hmm. know, to have these like Mm -hmm. wordless uh, 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 scenes, but also like giving like, you know, Poison Ivy more motivation than just femme fatale. It's like, oh, no, no, she's a scientist, too. And like, right. So people become scientists, multifaceted person. She's a she's like a villain. But she's like has other motivations going on. It's not crime yeah. for the sake of crime. Yeah, and look, you can do this in a kids book, you know, in right. a book directed yeah. at kids. You can have complex characters because, like, an eight year old reading this isn't going to get that, and it doesn't matter because it's not going to ruin mm-hmm. the story for them either, you know. And so, <laughs> Poison Ivy starts, you know, gets to work, and then we cut to the vague South American whatever of a- ambassador, of whatever council guy. Yeah. Yeah. Burst into Gordon's office, like asking, like, you know, d- demanding where uh, uh, Diego where this, Rivera you know, the, is. Di- yeah. Yeah. Where Diego Rivera is. And Commissioner Gordon's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We got Batman on the case. And he's like, oh, shit. You got Batman. Whoa. Well, sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> didn't know you had fucking receiving Batman the best care. The- got it. Loud and clear. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like you, you think the like you think if you go to like the Mayo Clinic or something like that, it's like that that would calm you down. <laughs> well, you're we just have, like uh, we have some surgeons on it, or you can have Batman. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't. <laughs> Let's oh, go with Batman. Batman. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want Batman to punch the cancer out of me. I think he can do that. He'll figure out a way. <laughs> he, he, you know? know what? He probably could. He probably yeah, could. He probably, <laughs> yeah. I. I. His will is undeniable. You know. Yes. Like you can't, yes. You know. But so after explaining to the ambassador that, uh, you know, he's in the best care because it's mm-hmm. fucking Batman, we cut back to the makeshift lab and we see a positive flash across the computer screen that shows that they found the antidote. Well, Ivy has found the antidote. Yeah. Batman's busy elsewhere working on working on the antidote as well. So like she's Boring. she kind of like you know, pockets it real quick and is like, your country would pay a heavy, uh, pretty heavy price for somebody like you to be cured. No reason that I I should go unrewarded. So like Ivy's working the angle for like straight up cash money. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, and then and then she gets grabbed in a state by Diego Rivera, who wakes up and starts and starts speaking Spanish in a in a delirious haze, and she has Ivy's shocked and has no idea what's going on. And and I I want to pause right here to say though I absolutely like I still love and I know these character designs you know come come from Bruce Tim, but yeah. I, I just love the like the 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 cheesecake pinup design of like every Bruce Tim women like the style of yeah. Ivy's hair and like the shape of her face and everything is just such like right. classic like romance comics it's like, so good. stories like it's, it's yeah it's, it's yeah it's just I I never I never get tired and of it and even like perfectly in an adventure book like this oh yeah completely because like the the panel here where she gets grabbed and then like her shocked expression you know it's just yeah. like her yeah her face like it just really really sells it and batman come you know coming in just at the end of it of like what's what's happened what's going on and as he's speaking spanish and you know ivy's just still shocked saying she he just woke up and does that mean he's he's getting better what's he saying you know and he's he's saying that like you know that that <laughs> that diego rivera is saying in spanish that he's feverish and he said that he thought he's you know he thought that poison ivy saved him and that she you, she was some kind of spirit, some kind of goddess. Yes. Which again, I, I fucking cheesecake pinup bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah. Love that. I, but I, also, I can just also picture like, like alludes to, and I don't know if they had this planned at all, but like she does become like one with the green, her powers like increase over the next like couple of decades. And so it's like, yeah, she kind of, does become like a plant goddess at like down the road yeah yeah no totally totally but i i just i just love the like i don't know because the it's it's the the oscillation between um you know damsel in distress you know of like oh i'm such what's going on and then to the like well no i made the fucking antidote and i have a plan and like i'm not so helpless but right 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 the 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 playing back and forth of it is is really fun i think too because they're very obviously like playing with that kind of dynamic sure. for the character of like oh i'm going to make her this like the helpless like dumb bimbo for like this scene yeah to yeah you know to trick you into thinking that she's doesn't have like doesn't have a plan and i'm going to show like no 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 she's actually she's way sm- she's playing right. everybody she's, yeah she's right pl- she's playing all sides so yeah yeah so after so about, uh, Rivera's uh, like kind of getting worse and he's kind of getting delirious, what happens then? Well, <laughs> honestly, like this this scene made me uh, laugh out loud when when I first read it. Just <laughs> it's like qu- it's quite a of, page turn. Yeah, out of nowhere, just two panel page. God, I love I love the action in this book. Just Batman very quickly is like someone's outside, and then just a bunch of goons with guns just. Bust in the they come bust in, open the doors, blazing. Yeah, they oh, come in and blast in Jason. There's like uh. you when you look at all these goons on this page. So you got guy in the center just shooting. They're all shooting wildly because they they yeah. just opened the doors. That's all they've done. Yeah. And so they got one guy in the middle with a rifle shooting like right down the right down the middle. My favorite is the goon on the right with the little beret on. He's still outside, but he's like leaning in with a handgun, just wildly shooting. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, spray and pray, man. Yeah, yep, sure. Spray, spray and pray. pray. <laughs> like that's like and, and 
And then we get to act three, how deadly was my valley, which I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see the three acts uh, back yep. again. Three and, acts and are back titles. again. Batman grabs Diego Rivera and is like, move. And, and Ivy's vaulting the machines. You know, they're, they're making their way into the stealth kind of environment. Um, Batman's in very small text. He's like, stay here. It's, and it's Ivy and Rivera. Yeah, and he's all in shadow. All in it's shadow. All silhouette. And uh, they're saying in Spanish that's translated, you know, be careful of the Batman. And Batman <laughs> is just stealth machine, just picking them off one by one, like batarangs to the face, knocking their asses out. Uh, grapples. There's two dudes walking under a tree. Batman's all the way up in the tree. And they're like, they're like, don't make any noise. He can hear you. You know, like they're, they're like starting to get paranoid. Cause he's like throwing, just throwing batarangs at their faces, which would make me paranoid as well. Oh yeah. I'd get the fuck out of there. So he's up there with the grappling hook grapples one dude and then uses his weight as a counterweight to like swing in and then kick the other dude in the head. Yeah. Which I, I thought was great. I almost like applauded to an empty room when yeah. I was reading it. Cause I'm like, that's a, that's a, again, it was a really fun Jackie Chan, like just reminds Absolutely. me like the old school Jackie Chan movies, you know, and a complicated series of actions. Mike Parbeck does it in three panels only. And it just worked so well. Like I got all the momentum, all the feeling, like he just set it up really, really well. Uh, oh yeah. All the impact, like the full, and the full body shot of like, you know, of the, of the third panel of like both like Batman and the goon being pretty much full body, you yeah. know, really sold the, the, the impact of the hit and, right, and of the right. motion of, of using the other guy as ballast while, right. Yeah. While, yeah. while flipping around. Like, yeah. yeah. Parbeck absolutely crushed that page. It's a different, it was a difficult page and he just crushed it. Oh yeah. So you turn the page, you get to Batman coming back now that he's knocked out all the goons and he's like miss isley because she's gone rivera's yeah. there batman's like you know dang she's she's out of here and then uh rivera starts waking up he ca- starts coming out of it and he's like you feeling better and he's like batman where am i did you save me and he's like no it was and then he stops and he throws out a grapple line into into the bushes and he pulls a dude out that was that he wasn't aware of before. And it's the economic South American prime minister guy. <laughs> and he's he's like Rivera's like, you were behind this. And the economic prime minister or whatever his title is, is like, yes, it was me. Your crusade is driving away all the business that support my people. Someone has to stop you. And he's like, with what poison did you do it? And it was like the toxin of the flowers from the valley of, of whatever. And he's like, you're lying. How could you have possibly gotten that flower? And he's like, oh, I sent 20 men in and only three came she back came with the back. flower. Yeah. 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 Oh God. Yeah. That was such a great overdramatic yeah, little, yeah. little story they threw in there about just how dangerous this is. Right. Like, and it's supposed yeah. to be this, this flower, a poison derived from this flower that grows in the Amazon. That's just like, you know, super so rare. deadly and super yeah. rare. And, so uh yeah. Batman's like, well, we can reverse engineer the cure. We don't have to worry about the poison in this flower ever again. Uh and he was like, well, you know, like it's real remote. You probably won't ever have to worry about it. And then uh it, it, we 
we get the last page, which is Pamela Isley with her backpack out in the Amazon amongst all these flowers, like smiling and smelling them. Uh, and, and with a caption of saying, I don't think you'll have to worry about seeing that poison in Gotham ever again. <laughs> yeah. And a little question mark on the end, which again, I love yeah. the little badge. I love the little Batman. Yeah. Adventures the little like badge. At bat the end head. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Batman's yeah. head and silhouette with a little moon behind him. And they keep Starkings man. Starkings yeah. got on the book and he was like, let's start making motifs. Yeah. It, it adds so much. It's like, it's like, listen, like, I don't, I don't think that like, you know, like I'm not like a romantic about um, TV shows having like really fun theme songs or anything. But like, man, when one does, when one has a great theme song and it used to be such a regular thing, just like in comic books, it used to be such a regular like you have a little like block or badge or something at the end of a story. Right. You know, it's like, sure, it's not necessary. But man, like these days when you when you watch a new TV show and it has like a really good theme song, like you fucking love it. Yeah. You know, like how yeah. many like how many people refused to like, you know, when they would watch Game of Thrones, like I know I did when I would like get caught up on Game of Thrones or something and <laughs> would offer like the skip intro. I'm like, no, man, I want to go. You know, and it's just yeah. such a great it's like, sure, it's not necessary to the show itself. Like the intro to Game of Thrones could have been like five seconds, you know, but it does sure. add like a. A, a, a grandiosity to it and just like a simple little thing like a little badge at the you know at the end of a story just it's, adds like a it's not only at the end of the stories it's on all the act breaks so it really yep. creates like this sense of cohesion through the whole story aside from the badge what do you think of the issue but my, my only complaint is that it read really quick because it was really action heavy but but i really liked it i think it didn't hit me hard right away, but I do have a feeling that this issue, this story will be one that like uh, I'll want to go back to. And that when I go back to it, I'll probably find even more enjoyment out of it. You yeah. know, like I'll be yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like this one, this is actually like a real, even though it's not See, as like uh, big, you know what right, I mean? I, right. I think I enjoy that it's not big and I it's done well. I do agree that it read quick and easy with a lot of action, but. I some of the stories that had a lot of action, like with um, the professor and mastermind and uh, Mr. Nice, like that was a very action heavy issue. That previous one that we had done, not sure which yeah. issue that is offhand. That one was action heavy. It read really fast. It read really great. And this one was action heavy, but I felt like every time we were talking about Rivera or the, south american economic prime minister whatever you or whatever he was <laughs> yeah every time yeah. every time it was like them in a room like i felt like it was a speed bump like i was like oh no it's this guy like yeah i want to well, get to the they, fun they, poison ivy stuff you know yeah that was someone just like flatly saying like hey there's a plot hey here's yep. your plot yeah Yep. All right, here's the plot. All right, back to the action. And then like, you know, four pages of action. And like, oh, wait, we got to get back wait, wait, to the wait, plot. Back you remember to the, the plot. plot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I, I can, felt like, I don't know. I didn't see that. Like, it just didn't, it just I, didn't I hit that. as well for me. Like, the action was great. And and like I was saying, you know, this is, we've we've always said this, that like, this is a, an A work in a series of A plus works. Not to slight the issue, it's just in the pantheon of all of the issues that we've read of Batman Adventures so far. I think this is like 
a little on the medium side, not the weakest one, not the strongest one, just kind of dead center. Yeah, I can I can see that, but I think the feeling that uh, I the analogy I was I was formulating. Uh, so I'm a, you know you know me I, you know I love basketball even though I, I haven't watched a lot of it yet this year, uh, for reasons. But like, uh, there there is something to it's like sure like flashy like plays are great and tough contested made shots are great, but man, as like a basketball fan, like. There's just, there's just something about the the lost art of the mid range jumper, you know, just just a really good mid range. Like just, you just yeah. hit it, you you know, like it's not flashy, but you get your two points. You, you think get this out is, of there. You think this is the mid range jumper of Batman Adventures? Yeah, and I really appreciate it. I really appreciate yeah. the like the like like you said, like it's not like the top tier because of what we've seen from them, but also it's like. They're that's, not trying for the home run every time. They're yeah, like, that's oh, kind I'm of, just going to go for a base hit right between second and third. And that that's going to get me on base and get my team what it needs. Like, that's kind know. of an interesting idea, because I feel like the um, mainstream bat books that are not Batman Adventures, like the Shadow of the Bat, Batman, yeah. all that stuff. They're swinging at every pitch like as hard as they oh, can. Yeah. Like and some of the books are pretty good. And some of them are like tear like like this is putting up this is putting up like such solid, consistent, good stuff. Like you always know yeah. that you're gonna get something at least decent. You're gonna get something entertaining. With the mainline Batman books, they're all over the map. Like yeah. they are not putting up the consistency that Batman Adventures is putting up by far. By far. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're going they're going for like gasps and like yeah. you know big big uh big moments but without without build up right you know whereas like you know batman adventures seems to know how to handle beginning almost every issue with action you know because sure sure it begins with a big splash of action but it also like has the story ready to go as well right you know it's not it's not just like I noticed in the Catwoman issue of uh, Night's End that yeah. like I was like, oh, yeah, in superhero books and not just a 90s thing, but in superhero books in general for a long time, there was so much talking during fighting because they had oh to get the God. exposition in somewhere. And it just it just muddles the action scenes so much when like Catwoman is, is making cat related puns and shit while like doing a backflip. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, it's like, great. You want her to be somersaulting off this building, but like she has, you have to fill it with fucking word balloons, man. It's like, <sighs> yeah, it's frustrating. You know, I mean, it's of the, the time it's, it's, these oh, are nineties yeah. books, you know? Oh, to- totally. But like, but yeah, but I think that that's where Batman adventures does so much better. And as we like, we're gushing about like Parabex, like action and like, it's, it's just so even, even clear. not even action, like the page where they're just like working. Like they're just working in a lab for like eight panels and you're like, yeah, this is great. There's a little bit of story in here. Like, I don't need yeah, any words, yeah. you know, like it's well, good. Yeah. Well, cause it, cause it's like the, you know, it's the, uh, eternal question of like, you know, when people, uh, who aren't actors, but like find themselves like, oh, I'm going to play a role on whatever they, the first question they ask is, oh God, what do I do with my hands? It's uh, like, well, actors Jason, have a lot of solutions for that. Like, you know, it's I, just like an, an I always, I, I'm always like, oh God, these hands, where do they go? Oh God. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's how I live day to day. 
<laughs> yeah. And like, and, and you can find such great advice about like how to handle, uh, I think we've kind of briefly mentioned it before, but how to properly handle like talking head stuff or like dialogue heavy scenes in comic books. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. I talked about are, Steve Lieber's advice about like, you know, have them like futz with something in the office, like have a, have a guy setting up like a, you know, a little golfing thing. Like he's, he's putting yeah. in the office or he's eating a sandwich or he's making something or he's like futzing with the computer, like trying to get a port to work or whatever, you know, like yeah. that kind of stuff, whatever's context yeah, like- appropriate. You want to keep, you want to keep something happening within the talking head page that gives it a little life. Yeah. And that's why those scenes of like, not just big action of like, you know, Batman and Poison Ivy working on the antidote, you know, like that's why they're like so fun and like so quickly like read, yeah. you know, the yeah. montage of it. So because good. like Batman's always like holding up like some beakers and like looking at shit and like crouched into yeah. something. And even though Poison Ivy is technically doing nothing at first, she's still like, you know, kind of kind of paying attention. Kind yeah, of, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's like a motion, like there's a very easy visual cue of it before she starts to get to work. And like, yeah, there's a lot of. I think it's you know, it's why people like I'm doing right now. It's why people gesticulate. You know, it's just like yeah. something to do with your fucking hands. Like you, you make yeah. weird little like things, but with your hands when pantomimes when you're when you're talking. You know, and sure, it can just be really hard to translate that when you want to present it, whether like you're writing a play or making a comic book, it's like, ah, shit. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) yeah. Because it's not because nor because real life is largely boring, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you have to dress it up somehow. It's like, no, your, your inside jokes aren't going to be funny if you just put them in a screenplay, but like your inside jokes you have with your friends, if you kind of think about what's funny about them, you can maybe construct a screenplay around it right, and have right. something, but you have to have more happening than when like before you like reference like Dave's yellow shirt or whatever, <laughs> you know, silly context heavy sure, inside sure. joke you and your friends have like like the gator head, which yeah. we're just going to leave as like a mystery. You, you know what I mean? It's like you could probably write a funny joke around that, but like not did you just, word for word of how just, it happened. 30 year old inside joke between us on our podcast for America for the world. Uh, Nay, the uh, world. That's only 20. It's only 20. It's 20 this years. Point. Okay. All right. The, the, well, the gator head didn't start when we were 12. Jason, should we but, uh, hit the letters column? Yes, I didn't read them. I'm sorry. I was, I, I, I sent them to you pretty quickly this time. Well, I guess no, I, in the scope of things. It's no, okay. That was my own my my procrastination took over because I was reading my uh the thing that I'm going to recommend in the to read pile and I was uh, like oh, I'll I'll read the I'll letters real slide. quick before and, and and then like and then like it was like 2:45 like I have an alarm set for quarter till to make sure like I, yeah, I set yeah, up yeah. And t- you know I have time enough to set up and I was like oh shit I didn't uh fuck well there was I, yeah all right it's the letters okay I can I'll allow myself to miss the letters There was an extremely long letter that I'm not going to go over, but about from another psychiatrist talking about how <laughs> Batman and psychosis and and going over everything. It was yeah an interesting read, but whoa, man, it was like two columns long with a P.S. at the end. I was like, guy, guy, give it a rest. Yeah, no one was shouting for an encore, dude. Like, yeah, um. Other than that, 
there actually like there actually like wasn't a whole lot of really great letters. Here's one. Dear Scott and the back crew, I'm one of your best fans and I'm nine years old. I think that number 19 was a great issue. But how come on the front there's a picture of Scarecrow holding Batman over Gotham City when that doesn't even happen in the comic? I also think it should have more action. My favorite villains are Mr. Freeze, Joker, and Scarecrow. Keep up the good work, and I think you should use Penguin more. That was Nicholas Hades in Edmonton, Alberta. Scott replies, so does Richard Starkings about Penguin. The image on the cover was supposed to be representational. Even though it didn't really happen quite like that in the book, it was true to the spirit of the issue, and it was close to what happened on page three. And it looked really cool besides. We try to do a cover that's exciting and faithful to the insides, but sometimes we stretch it a little bit. Not too far, though. That wouldn't be fair. And I thought that was like a nice like exchange between a professional who's like, look, kid, we're trying to move comic books. And then, yeah, this kid who's just like, I want to understand this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there's that great like, you know, I, I always try to be mindful of it. Um and I always have tried to be mindful of like, whenever I'm talking, when, whenever I encounter like a little kid, like my friend's kids or, you know, wh- whoever mm-hmm. that like, you make sure to like, you know, not talk down to them. Right. You know, and like, to like, you just talk to them like an intelligent person, but also still remember that like, oh, okay, he's nine. So I'm going to have to like, you know, be nice and like, make sure that the words I choose aren't so out of the realm sure. of understanding yeah, yeah. of a nine-year-old, you know, but, but yeah, I, th- I thought that was a great, a great little reply. And also just such a great, like nine-year-old, like complaint of like, Hey, yes. super Scarecrow didn't get gigantic and hold Batman in his hand. This is bullshit. I thought Scarecrow was going to be big <laughs> as a building. Yeah, I was yeah, super yeah. excited for that. And it's like, Oh, okay. You're nine. I can understand why you would see that would happen. And I'm sorry about that, but. Uh, I got one more for you. Dear bat people. What is going on with the appearance of Scarecrow? It's driving me batty. When I meet a new character, I take time to decide if I like them or not. Although, I fell for Harley and Ivy when I first saw them. And because I keep seeing Scarecrow in so many different shapes and sizes, I end up disliking him. Let me explain my basic uh, phases. Let me, ex- let me explain his m- many phases. Nothing to fear. And he's referencing uh, episodes of the cartoon as well as the comic book here. Mm. Nothing to fear. Skinny face, no hair, no pupils, no teeth, no nose. Trading cards. Skinny face, no hair, no pupils, no teeth, no nose. The Batman Adventures 4 and 5. Round face, blonde hair, large eyes, some teeth, triangle nose. Fear of victory. Round face, blonde hair, large eyes, some teeth, triangle nose. Dreams in darkness, round face, blonde hair, large eyes, some teeth, triangle nose, action figure, round face, blonde hair, large eyes, some teeth, no nose, Batman Adventures 19, extra round face, orange hair, more teeth, tiny eyes, uh, and bent nose. You see why I'm distressed? Can someone please fill me in on why the Scarecrow has uh, so many facelifts? That's uh, Stephen Brandon in Sydney, Australia. And Scott says, he doesn't. You're obviously just so terrified you're not seeing straight. <laughs> Which is like a great non-answer to the real answer of like, listen, many cogs make many different pieces of this thing. 
and like yeah. we're doing the best we can as professionals <laughs> like yeah yeah like 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 sorry man like this isn't like a like a chain restaurant where like the burger's going to taste the same no matter what part of the country you go to you know right, it's like that, right, that's right. actually really hard to do and like we're, we we try to keep consistency in, in comic books I, but I thought that man, uh, you know that letter was particularly great because um I know a lot of fans even these days like really dissect and take a like just take apart each individual piece of like DCAU stuff like the Watchtower database uh on YouTube the the DCAU Watchtower they're a great yeah. great uh resource for DCAU stuff and they talk about like why is Batman's suit look like this in this episode but it looks like this in another episode and then in the movie that's supposed to take place in between it looks like this and it's like it's like yeah, because they're just trying to draw Batman and make him consistent for the movie, and that and they're not thinking about these other things. It's like, you yeah. know, I it's just professionals working and being human and making some mistakes along the way. You know, yeah, th- this really, and, and I'm sure we'll probably get into it more once we start in on zero hour. But it, it really gets to like my problem with caring too much about continuity. You know, oh man, in, you're in gonna. Any, in, you're going to love zero hour. It's all continuity, baby. It, it's like my same, like, it's like the, um, and, and also like, I, I don't like past certain like egregious continuity errors in any story. Right. I really, I really hate, like, unless it's just a personal thing that bothers people, whatever, that's just a personal thing. But I hate it as a form of criticism. You know, it's like that awful channel cinema sins where it's like, Oh, oh well, this can of yes. Coke wasn't turned right. It's like, yeah, guys, because like it's really fucking hard to make a movie and edit it like so like you. Yeah, everything is perfect. Like it, it doesn't mean that the movie's bad necessarily. Like, sure, right. if there's something huge where like someone's hair changes color in the middle of a scene. Right. It's like, OK, yeah, I get like, here's, that. Here's but, the like, thing. Here's the thing with all these uh, variations of the scarecrow. You were still able to look at him and be like, oh, shit, the scarecrow. You know, yeah, and he like still that's, had, and he still had the same motivations. His name was still the same. He right, saw the same right. basic like powers or whatever lack of whether like, or not Mike Parlbeck drew the scarecrow slightly different than like the animators drew the scarecrow. Like that's negligible. That's yeah. just that's just human. You know, Mike draws the way Mike draws, and the cartoon looks the way it does. And like you gotta cut people slack for that stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, you got you gotta. Yeah, I, I just don't understand caring. Again, I don't understand caring that much about yeah. about continuity. It's like it's like I mentioned the Bruce Tim quote a few episodes ago of like of like it's all real. Like who like it's all part of the same thing. Who gives a shit? Like just, yeah, everything yeah, yeah, matters. Yeah. Everything like, that you liked is, have, is real. It's all in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because you you have fun with it. You love it. Like don't question it so much. Like if you love yeah. it, fine. I think. Oh, that did this really happen or not? Well, technically, think, nothing of these really happened. In in defense of continuity, I will say this. It is fun to get into the weeds of this stuff and be like, oh, well, yeah. I wonder I wonder why this like looks like this. I, I, I think when you start to get up to the when you like have fun with it, that's great. Yeah. When yeah. you're like when you're like, why is why is Scarecrow like this? What's the deal? Are you guys did I catch you guys in a lie? And it's like then you're like, OK, you're you're off the reservation. Yeah. Yeah. Like me, me and my friends used to have. um a running list on uh, the refrigerator of a friend's house. Uh, we would always go over to every Sunday to watch football. 
and the list was a, a ranking of uh, every quarterback in the NFL, you know, yeah. and like we, we would like, you know, drink all day and then like have fun arguing over. We'd be like, you know, whoever threw an interception, move them down the list. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, we didn't really care. And this ranking is just and it's in a team sport. And so that's also weird. It's just like, yeah, we just yeah. had fun arguing over this, like, you know, sure thing that doesn't matter because it's just sometimes fun to kind of like shout back and forth and like yeah, yeah, insult yeah. someone without really insulting someone, sure, you know, sure. it's just, it's just like, yeah. And like, but once it moves, once it moves past that, that's when like, I'm like, okay, I have no time for, yeah, for, right, for that. Right. Right. You know, right. it, it, it's like, I get that. Like, I get that. Like people like dark souls because it's really hard, but that to me, like, after a certain point of difficulty, I'm just like, well, then why, why am I playing this? Oh man. You dude. know, why would I, why would I do this to myself as a complete, I'm first of all, shocked. You made a video game reference shocked. <laughs> it wasn't just sports all the way down, but, <laughs> but, uh, I contain multitudes. I, I feel that way when I play fighting games, like oh, I, yeah, I so fast, so fast will like be like, Oh, I guess I'm just not going to win. Like, just like something in me, like emotionally breaks where I'm like, well, I guess it's time to stop trying. <laughs> I got like three, <laughs> three matches in and I'm like, all right, three losses in a row. Let's pack it up. <laughs> oh, man. See, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost the, I, I should get a fighting game soon. I don't, I don't have one yet for, for my switch, but like, but yeah, I, I actually love the um thing I always loved about fighting games is a uh, button mashing until I figure out a combination like like i love sure, like sure. i love fighting games that like somewhat reward button mashing until i can get it because it's like a little it's like some training wheels it's like okay you won't sure. get utterly demolished until sure. you figure out what which combos are like uh, the base man. ones that you need I, to use jason you know? i used to be in that headspace and then street fighter 4 came out for the 360 and i got online and then i was like oh i'm just never gonna win okay all right well oh yeah pack it oh, up yeah it's pack it up it's it's like it's like the stories of um that that I would hear of people uh once uh that time that poker became like super popular. Yeah. And, like I had some friends I had some friends who worked as poker dealers at Foxwoods and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, the fucking pros have like ruined the room and like, you know, people don't have fun anymore cuz like the pros come in and they just go all in on every fucking pot cuz they don't give a shit and they're rich." Right. And I'm just like, right. "Well, that fucking sucks, man, because like Yeah. You know, you, you go, you, you play a game like poker because, like, sure, there's gambling, but also it can last a while. So you're getting entertained for a few hours at least. Yeah, and like, if someone's just with your like friends or whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, yeah, like online fighting games now are like, oh, unless like I'm ranked uh, 200 in the world in Smash, and but it's like, dude, I just wanted to like, you know, fuck people up as Pikachu, man. Like, I don't like, yeah, I don't, um, I don't want to have to have. Have you're spent saying you're saying Jason, 20 hours of my re week practicing at this. You're saying that you play Smash Brothers for the deep Pikachu lore, not not uh, yeah. for not to win. You're there for the lore. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, don't get me wrong. Like you can have fun with the complicated. If that's fun for you, that's, that's right. fucking great. You know, there's right. more power to you, but it's just for me. Right. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Isn't fun. You know, like you want to hit the two read pile. Oh yeah, I'm gonna punch it in its goddamn face. You're talking Jason, about fighting games. I'm on that fighting stance. Oh my! I should have known better. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> you got you got my lather up. Yeah, oh, got your lather you up. You can't mention you can't mention fighting games around around Jason, or else like he'll fight for some reason, like a little kid <laughs> who just watches the Karate Kid and thinks he knows karate. Oh, I'm man. gonna go out and 
try to start a fight because I think I'm fucking Ken now. All right, let's let's hit the two read pile. All right, all right. I am going to ask you about what you're reading, Jason. However, I do want to remind people that there is an extended to read pile up on the YouTube. That's youtube.com slash Nick Phil, where we not only go over the books that we're reading now, I think previously the previous to read pile, I think we were talking about like, I'm trying to get into Green Lantern and I'm struggling with it. And then it came yeah. out that uh, I haven't read a whole lot of Doom Patrol, and you made a very shocked face at that. <laughs> well, because yeah, because Doom Doom Patrol is one of my one of my favorite stories of comic books. You know, yeah, it, it's, so, it's definitely up there. So if you want extended to read pile, go check it out. I actually added a little bit of art, like a little bit of visual element uh, on this oh, yeah. last one. I don't know if I'm gonna always do that, but I had like an extra hour and I was like, I'm just going to try figuring this out. So I, it was a lot of work, but we'll see. I might continue to do it. It might be sporadic. You know, you get what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, what are you reading? Nick. I am reading a uh, recent acquisition uh, seeds and stems uh, by Simon uh, Henselman, a, uh, a, another Megan Mog book. I previously, nice. I think in an early to read pile uh, recommended a uh, crisis zone. Uh, did you did you bring is, Crisis Zone or did I bring Crisis Zone? Well, I know I recommended Crisis Zone to you, but I forget I, f- I forget which one of us brought it. I know I just so, I know I've mentioned uh, I read Meg Mog I read, and Owl and Werewolf Jones. Yeah, I read Crisis Zone. So two years ago, over Christmas break, I know this is your to read pile, and now I'm talking, but I'm talking oh, now, it, Jason. It's everyone's to read. <laughs> it's pile, everyone's right? to read pile. So. I I remember uh, two Christmases ago, I, I kind of went full ham on like everyone's like best of the year lists, you know, and just yeah, yeah. like every single list I could get, like whether it had overlap or not, I was like, I'm just going to read all of them. And Crisis Zone was on one of those best of the year lists. And I was not ready for the level of insanity uh, of like, because <laughs> it was like, it'd be like, yeah, hey, you hey. were familiar with the characters. Like, I was familiar with the characters no, I went when, in when totally he started doing blind. Crisis Zone on, on his, in, like, I read it first on his Instagram as, as he posted it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, oh, hey, uh, the new Nightwing trade's supposedly pretty good. And I'll check out this Crisis Zone thing. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> Jason, when the trash yeah. bag full of dildos comes out and they start making jokes about it, <laughs> I was just like, this place, this place is a place I want to live in for, for uh, however long, however many pages it has. I'm like, I am down. What, what is this terrible place with these terrible people? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And that, and that's what's in, uh, seeds and stems, uh, seeds and seeds and stems is a, um, you could just get a, it's, it's. It's a a collection of uh, early uh, Meg Mog and uh, I I call it Megan Mog. I don't I don't know if there's an official like kind of name for the world, you know. But that's sure. to me is how I first encountered them. So I always I call it Megan Mog, and then there's Owl and Werewolf Jones and Dracula Junior. Yeah, and it's the same. It's just such beautiful artwork and the cartooning, like it's just pure cartoonist like artwork, you know. Yeah. Which I I said. Which I, I I hope people understand that I when I say cartoonist I mean that as like a high like 
you know, like a badge of honor, you know, like yes. sort of a true, yes. true cartoonist. And that's what I think uh, Simon Henselman is. And, and you're right. It's, it's still, it's wild. And it, it can like swing also from like just the craziest, most absurd, disgusting thing yeah. to just like bone crushing, cynical depression. Oh yeah. Oh man. You know, and, and it's just, but also the art, the art too is just so I, I can't ever say enough of how much I love these books because the art is also just right out the gate. It's so singular themselves. It's such a singular, true vision, like already, which like sometimes yeah. people can take their entire career to find like a voice, you know, to find this like clear way, this clear visual uh, uh, way of uh, yeah. representing things. And he, he, I, I will from say these early strips, he found if, it pretty automatically if it hits the same level of crisis zone then like i'm i'm in i'm in like yeah there's there's I, a few stories because there are collections of stories and stuff so it's not a continuous beginning middle end sure. like uh like crisis zone was but but yeah it, 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 it gets there i so as i was reading this and all the other end of the year stuff that i was reading um I was like updating my discord being like, Hey, I'm reading this now. Like, and, and I liked it or I didn't like it. You know, like I, I chat about it and, yeah. uh, I felt like I was just like every other page. I was like taking screenshots and like posting them on <laughs> discord. Cause it was like, look at this absurd thing. Look at this absurd thing. Like, can you believe this? Like, this is hilarious. You know, like I, yeah, it was yeah. just like all the way through. So fucking rad. I got to I got to oh, get yeah. seeds and stems. I got to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, seeds seeds and stems and like honestly any any Megan Mog collection, you know, yeah. it's just it's just always like highly highly recommend uh from me. But yeah, but seeds and stems I've been want, wanting to get for a bit and I'm not com- I'm not complete with it yet, but uh very 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 happy with it. And the format of it too. I love how it's this like chunky like almost manga-esque style. Hell yeah you know, uh, co- collection and like, and all of the, um, and, and all the pages ha- will have like different colors. It'll be different color pages too. So it really does give the feeling of like, you know, like these stories were like collected from different zines and different places where they first appeared. You right. Know? So maybe, so maybe the story, I, I don't know if these stories originally did like, like this one, like come printed on pink paper like maybe it did because sometimes like zines do sure yeah, yeah you know and it's just like yeah everything about it's great so like yeah seeds and stems by uh simon simon hanselman uh nice what do you, you you got you got any uh depraved uh drug drug use and you know uh, uh the sexually depraved uh stories you've been no, reading too no jason no <laughs> I'm, a good, I'm a good kid jason oh so some christian comics huh well, no, Jason, <laughs> Nick, the game is afoot. Ooh, I, I, I'm bringing I'm bringing some mystery comics to me to oh, the to read pile. Have you heard of Friday? I have. That's Ed Brubaker's, and uh, I'm so I apologize to the artist Marcos I'm, I'm Martin. Getting that's right. It's their uh, story on a panel syndicate that I've been meaning to get through there because I absolutely love so the idea of panel syndicate. I don't. Okay, I thought it was on Substack. Is Substack different? I don't even know. Like I, okay, Substack came around and Panel Syndicate came around, and I was like, I'm 30 or 40 years old, and I do not need this. Like, (laughs) so I'm just gonna tune it out 
not pay attention to anything that's happening there. Um, however, as you can see, they they come out in paper. So uh, yeah, I saw the I saw the book. Um, I think maybe uh, Hulk Hoquin in my Discord recommended it. He was like, "I read this. It's super good. You should check it out." And it looked right up my alley. It's kind of teen investigating stuff, but like yeah. like like Nancy Drew Hardy Boys, but it's Ed Brubaker. So it's like there's a lot more going on than just teens investigating stuff kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's very, very good. Uh, stars Friday. Who's, uh, kind of like on this edge between, uh, being a child and being an adult. And she's pulled into, uh, this world that her best friend, Lancelot Jones is like a detective and he's a kid detective. He's like hyper, hyper intelligent, you know, like skipped grades, is working these cases because like the sheriff isn't really great in this like small town in like the sixties or seventies. And it's, uh, the way they describe the world is that like, it looks like an idyllic small new England town until you like scratch a little bit under the surface. And there's kind of like occult things that are happening there. And like, you know, different uh uh religions that are just under the surface that are like yeah you know, secret societies on yeah yeah so it's yeah. it has an element it doesn't overtly like jump you into supernatural stuff when it starts it's very much like friday's story of like coming back home from college and there's this thing between her and lancelot jones that's like unresolved uh, Lancelot Jones is a great, great character name. Yeah. So Friday and Lancelot Jones have this thing that's unresolved between them and she wants to get to it, but he's kind of just like obsessed with the case kind of thing. So she yeah. gets pulled into this case that like just absolutely escalates. Book two just came out. I don't want to spoil anything. I'm trying to be vague as possible because the book is so damn good and uh, I want everyone to read it. The first volume printed a little bit dark. So just a mm -hmm. heads up, but the second volume, they kind of like adjusted and uh, printed fantastic. The art is exceptionally good. Marcos Martin and the colorist on this. Um, I'm going to get this name wrong. Munza uh, Vincente. Sorry that I stumbled over that name because the colors in it are so, so good. It's like limited palette stuff. The palettes they choose, like, kind of break my brain. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just very much not stuff that I would choose, but is executed yeah. so well at such a high level that I'm like, oh shit, that's a good idea. And then I'll like turn the page and I'll be like, oh shit, that's another good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like fla flavors you wouldn't have thought to put together, and you think in your head and your professional opinion wouldn't work, but you're you're eating and you're like. Oh shit, this is really good. How'd they do yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, How'd they yeah. do this with this stuff? I've taken a few like quick shots with my with my phone just to be like, I gotta remember this one. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, That's yeah. fucking great. A uh, really beautiful sense of place with the town and uh all the architecture and vehicles and character. It's just so good. Like Ed Brubaker like wrote the hell out of it. Man. Oh yeah, Brubaker's I, Brubaker's always a uh, um he he's someone who's a, an automatic buy for me. Right. Like no matter what right. book, like if if his name is on it, I'm like I'll give this a shot. 
Yeah. You know? and, it, yeah. It's been, and it's been like that with Brubaker for like, he's been one of those guys for me for like almost going on 20 years at this point where like, if I see his name, I, I would show he's like, well, this will be something, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, I picked up Friday at the same time that I picked up. Have you read the Hobstown mystery books? No. Oh, no. dude, you would love these. But I should have brought those books. There's is, two. Is that the, Brubaker too? It's not Brubaker. There's two oh, okay. of them that are out. They're on my shelf over there. There's two of them that are out. The Case of the Missing Men is the first one. And it's like, same thing. Teen detective club in a small town. But like, it's a very weird small town with very strange people. And then it like escalates in strangeness. Uh it is it's written by um written and drawn by a uh childhood friends who just like decided to make this thing and it blows my mind because like i think that i don't know if they they pitched it and it got picked up somewhere or like what exactly was happening but i think they self published it and it's like 500 pages of self publishing oh wow yeah it's like That's the the amazing. case of the missing men is like a huge book and it's it will reward you for spending the time in jason oh man teen mystery get that on a list yeah you you I, I in just, particular because I, I, I know i know you're like high on that indie bullshit like you oh, will I love it I, and you will love too you will love case of the missing men and you'll pick up the I'm next sure. one immediately well, and 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 speaking of indie bullshit, I think we would also though just be remiss not to mention. Uh, so panel. So what panel? What panel syndicate is is it's yes. this website that Brian K. Vaughn of Why the Last Man and uh, Saga and various other things fame uh, using. He started it years ago um, to first publish uh, this book, uh, Private Eye, which I for, I'm I, again apologize to the artists. I, I forget the artist he co-created the book with. But the whole idea behind Panel Syndicate is that it's pay what you want. And at first, the comics were supposed to meant to only be online and be pay what you want and be just a a different way for people to buy comics digitally that could go Hmm. like 100% to the creators, you know. And so, uh, you know, the books can be published if they want them to be published. It's up to the creators, you know, it's up to them, the people who you know, do the books. But yeah. the idea is that like you can pay zero dollars if you wanted, you know, or you can pay five or like whatever you think is is reasonable. And I and Brian K. Vaughn's already done a few stories on there that have gotten like great reviews. Private Eye was really good. I haven't huh. read uh Borders, uh Border, I think it's Border or Borderlands yet that he did. Uh there's a uh, a few other series on there that are look really fun, like Umami that I really want to get into. And then of course, you know, Criminal with like Ed Brubaker. Yeah. And I think like Ed Brubaker's probably also trying to lend his clout that I know he has of just, you know, being as popular as he is and whatever industry ties he has, he knows that like it'll get more, yeah, 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 it'll get more eyes on it. And so if you're really itching to read it, to read criminal kind of like I am, like you could go to panel syndicate.com and, you know, pay, pay Pay what what you want. want And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and if money's tight right now, you can even like just download it for free and maybe throw them some money uh you know a bit later like whatever you sure, can and sure I, and and I, th- I think it's such a uh it's such an interesting model and i'll always always support that and i also always love when people like uh vaughn know that they have a particular standing that is rare uh in in such a tiny industry uh you know big fish small pond but he's still using his you know the the amount of clout that he knows he has to yeah try to further things to be um well like you know to 
support the creators the best they can. Like he could very well have just like probably gotten a nice, like, you know, exclusive sure. deal from one yeah. of the big two yeah. or something. But like, he's like, no, nah, I'm going to get those books anyway, if I want, like, I'm sure he has an agent and like, whatever, sure. It, however it is, he's constructed his career. He's like, oh, why not use this power that I have to, to make comic books because I fucking love comic books and like, oh, they're so expensive. And like, even these other sites are so expensive. How about a public radio model? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, let's, yeah. Let, and let's and let's see how it works because I'm rad. successful enough already that if it failed, like he would have been fine, you know. And like, but but yeah, it, it is really rad. And so it might it might also be why um, the colors were a little weird, you know, because at first That's they might I, not yeah. have known if they were gonna publish it. So I knew like, it was it could at least exist online. Forever, yeah, I knew it know? was online first before it came into print. Yeah, and uh, yeah. for anyone who doesn't realize, you have a greater range of colors. Like you get more colors with a screen the way that yeah. like a screen creates color, um, is additive and then CMYK is subtractive. So it's like the, the color gamut is larger. And because of that, yeah. you can, you can get like finer details between them on a screen. And then when it hits print, it's like, Oh, everything printed dark. And it's like, well, it looked great. It looked yeah. great on the screen, you know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause when you print, when, when you're printing something, despite modern printing techniques, there's really only so far you can bring different uh, gradients the way, you know, right. Well, like right. you said, the, 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 the palette of, so you know, the, the range, the range of what you can use is because it's locked in on right, the printed right, page. Right. Uh, so it reminds me of, this is a, this is a, odd anecdote but like shannon's friend at work had a fantasy football league and they were doing a thing where they were all different superheroes and they wanted to do a, a poster for the final two teams who were like in the top two you know going head to head yeah into the into the finals and yeah, championship game yeah right 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 and uh so they wanted to make a poster of like you know, uh, Spider-Man and Captain America facing off. So I did, um, I did a, a piece for them. Shannon like roped oh, me into it and I was like, that's, I, I guess, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. I did, I did like, you know, the cover of, um, secret wars with Spider-Man in the, in the black suit. And he's like this, and there's like yep. everybody fighting in the background. Yeah. So I Photoshopped out Spider-Man and like kept everybody fighting in the background and just had like Captain America and Spider-Man, like, like about to duke it out and it said you know secret wars football edition or whatever and like had like yeah. their their trophy on there and everything i took it to That's the awesome. printer to like just a whatever kinko's like uh, uh mom and pop like version of kinko's was in town yeah printed the thing and the person actually went oh wow these you got really good color on this like when they were looking at the <laughs> printable thing and i was like yeah yeah i know yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a good reason for that. Why that well, yeah, that aspect turned out really well. <laughs> All right, Jason, 
Where can people get a hold of you? People can get a hold of me. Uh, it's still on the Twitter machine. Yeah. At King of Black Acid. Uh, also at World Second Finest. Uh, yeah. I, I missed a week there at World. That's World Second with the two, the numeral two in the middle. You know how you I know how I could tell. You know how I could tell you missed a week. Huh. I missed a week. I missed a week promoting it too. Uh, our numbers reflected it. People, oh. people see people see your tweets, Jason. They see them, and then they they click the link. That's what happens. People see the uh, the song parody thing that yes. I have going that I'm way too proud of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've done for a the, for the song dump, parody for, the for every single issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, every every yeah, everyone that I've posted like since like yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've got got you know I got I got to uh, got to keep I'm, it rolling. I'm an artist, Nick. Yeah, I'm an artist. Okay, Jason. Let me I ask you. Let me myself. ask you this thing. Yeah. I got a, I got a question for you. Should people tell other people about this show i would i, I would i would if you're, if you're if i'm a fan if you're a fan of it yeah i, I think yeah i think i, 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 think I would that's in, a... i would really appreciate uh spreading the word about, yeah, about yeah, this yeah. show about yeah. about these two these two silly silly guys talking <laughs> talking about thought you were gonna give me books. a snl wild and crazy guys right there i thought i don't know what we <laughs> I, were doing anyway uh, I didn't you can find it. me. You can find <laughs> me at linktreecom slash Phil. I'm also uh, going to be on uh, Rough Cuts that podcast. They are uh, two of my buds, uh, Boyks and Cam. They watch uh, bad movies with good boys uh, in them, so it's it's all dog centric movies, basically. <laughs> oh, that's a, amazing! Yeah, they've watched. Man, they've watched some gems. We are going to be watching Godzilla '98. I'm very excited oh, about it because not, that movie's a uh, uh, pile of trash. But like, I also I have a, a deep affinity for Godzilla, and I I desperately want to talk about the movie with them because I think it's going to be a blast. Did, did they already cover? I think it's the Shaggy Dog Three, where oh, where yes. there's a scene, there's a famous scene where the dog like just like right hooks, right oh, hook yes, punches. Yes, yes. <laughs> they let me tell you, they've pulled some excellent gifts out of these movies out of these oh. dog movies there's one oh man one of my favorite gifts they've ever done and they'll post them up on their twitter feed too it's at rough cuts is uh there's one of like a dog that's standing in a window and and like a fake arm like comes up with a cup of coffee and the dog just like takes a sip and then like puts the arm down <laughs> it's very very good it's very that's very amazing. good that's amazing. I, you know what? Humanity is worth saving. I've changed my mind. Humanity is worth saving. I'll, I'll turn off my doomsday devices. Okay. okay all right. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. I, uh, when I was a child, I had watched the, the karate kid before going to the beach one time. And, uh, we got to the beach and I swam out to the raft and back twice. And then I was like running around cause I'm a hyperactive child. And uh, I I flipped over a bucket and I was doing like crane poses on it. Yeah. And and a, and a man, a man came to my mom and was like, yo, is he OK? Like, he's like, is he on something? Is he going to be all right? Like, because he was like, I've been watching him this whole time. He just does not stop. <laughs> he's just a little fucking maniac. <laughs> Don't don't you have a story? I seem to remember that you have a story that like one of the first books you ever did, like on your own, you learned a pretty harsh lesson lesson of like 
once you saw the printed book, you were like, oh, oh, fuck. dude, like I, I just like, yeah, I learned that lesson completely screwed, like, because uh, I know that's always been so important for you. It was so hard for me to grasp early on. And I, mm. I, I took, um, it was a backup for a DC thing and they wanted to make it like gritty with a lot of texture. And I was like multiplying a lot of stuff down, which darkens it. And it looked yeah. fine on my screen. And this was like, to give you an idea of the era this was in, I was using like a CRT four by three monitor for this stuff. Yeah. Which is, is like is, is wild this still that, had... that that's a, was a thing, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Is this when you still had the G five? Is this still the G five days? I might've even or been like after the previous to that. I don't even remember. Anyway, mm. like I, it looked fine on my screen and I would send it in and then my editor was getting frustrated with me because he was like, it's dark. And I'm like, it's not dark. And then eventually they had to rope in like bullpen guys to be like, it's fucking dark. Here's why, you know? And I had to be like, oh my God, I'm fucking it up. Anyway. Yeah. Moral of the story is (laughs) you can fuck up a job and still work in this industry. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually, honestly, honestly, that's a, that's a pretty, that, I think the moral of the story is that you, yes, you can fuck up a job and still work in this industry, but you have to be able, you have to honest, honestly learn from it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And continue to learn from it. Yes. After that, I was like, I have to, you know, lock this, lock this stuff in. And it became very important for me over the course of the next like three years. Cause it was, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I know it's too dark now. Let me like lighten up my or darken up my monitor so that it echoes the page a little better. And I think I got it, but let me do a project. And then in four or five months when the project comes back and I look at it physically, then I'll be on. Then I'll be like, oh, still needs an adjustment. And like it was like that for like three years, basically. Yeah, but but, you know, it's it's just one of those like, uh, again, the lesson of like sometimes it's like the 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 simple thing can be the hardest thing you know because it's like the simple like it's like the idea of like gaining muscle is usually pretty simple which is that like you need to eat more and you need to like lift weights of some sort or like you know but like okay then go and do it you know it's like the reason why not everybody is walking around super jacked because like sure it's a simple idea but it's like a hard in execution it's like oh i have to make things like you know slightly lighter you know, like that's all. It's like, well, sure, broadly, right? right but right. <laughs> there's so much more that you have to pay attention yeah, yeah, to, and yeah. you have to like, and and you, you know, by the end of the five years, I started like or three or four years, or however long it took me to kind of start to wrap my mind around that. Um, I started getting like the monitor right, and then after that, I started to be able to look at like actual ink percentages. And be like, this is going to print too dark. This is going to print right. You know, like it started, I started getting into like the nuance of the fucking math within it. It Just like, which is stupid that I ever had to do that. But it's reality. It's just reality of the job. Well, yeah. Well, I I think, I think also it's, it's just more to the point of like, you know, you've been doing this job for like coming up on 20 years and, you know, there are still things that you like have to pay attention to and have to like, you know, 
these things that like become basic, but you know, are so important. And I think that's such an important lesson to take away in any job is that like, you know, don't like, and and job is like job for yourself and like working on your craft and stuff is like, don't neglect like the, the basic things, you know? And, and it might, and, and that can be so hard too. Like it can be so hard to like, what I'm trying to get back to with my drawing is like making sure every day I sit down and just draw circles and just draw cubes and just draw lines because it's it's so important and it's tough to keep up doing every day sure you know but like it yeah you know you get you get rewarded with it at the end where like now you said like now you're at the point where you're like oh you're just look you can like look at ink levels now and kind of right start to go oh okay i'm i'm getting a feel I'm getting a bit, but not, so now you're right. so much more fine tuned. Like if you would have told yourself that 15 years ago, it'd be like, don't worry, I got a formula that you can just sort of look at. You'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Right. It's not even a formula, dude. It's there. like, it's just like, I look at the thing and I'm like, this is too much ink down on the page. And it's like, I don't know how past me couldn't just like take the ink dropper, grab a color, like the darkest color on the page and be like, be like, this is clearly wrong. Look at these percentages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Pe- pe- but it's like, I wouldn't like, even, I didn't even think to do that, you know? Well, yeah. People think it's a magic trick when someone like is a mechanic, like my brother is like some, sometimes people think it's a magic trick. We're like, oh my God, you can just like listen to a car's engine and tell what's wrong. And he's like, and it's like, well, you listen really, to him, but, uh, but you but listen also to some engines. It's like, yeah. Oh, over the course of over 20 right. years with eight to 12 hours a day, it's like, yeah, yeah eventually like you're going to yeah, start to right, intuit right. like, oh, when it's acting like this, typically it makes this weird sound. So it's probably yeah. right, this thing. Right. It's like, yeah, you don't, you don't get that after like a year. <laughs> right. It's just experience. We, yeah. we're, we yeah. are way off the rails, Jason.